This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode from That Millwall Podcast. Today we have a, another special episode back by popular demand, hopefully get you through the international break. We have the Joe and Chaps takeover, take two. Um, let's say hello to Joe, Mr. Zampa. How you doing, mate? How you doing? Yeah, really, uh, really good. Thank you. And um, you know what they say, if so, uh, is it, is it so, so nice, we're going to do it twice. Hopefully it could be a, re- a regular Feature going forward with uh, with you on 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 this one, but um, enjoyed last time. We had some good some good reviews on that one as well. So um, yeah, let's keep it going. See um, see where it goes. How you been? Been all right? Yes, mate. All good, thank you. Yeah. Um, we'll um we'll get into it. Obviously, the result, most recent result, has left a bit of a sour taste. But I think overall, looking looking good, and um, we're still in the top six, mate. So I'm happy. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, for those of you that listen to the uh, the chat. Uh, chat with chaps on the meal podcast uh every week um it is you'll know it's really really good get, we get lots of uh reviews lots of comments on that one uh if you haven't listened to it make sure you uh, listen to uh the last one and of course the future ones going go forward um as you say chris we're going to probably touch on the uh, the west Brom game and i, I apologize it feels like you're probably going to have to repeat a few of the things you said or said on, on the last uh chat with chaps uh we can go through it very very quickly can't we i guess and just sort of yeah review it um yeah, as as we sort of saw it, really. So, I guess the first question to yourself would be, you know, initially looking at the the team sheet, the starting lineup. What was your thoughts on on the starting lineup going into this uh, this game? Gets uh, a tough game against against Huddersfield. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I was surprised to be honest. That was my sort of first reaction um, because, especially some of the comments that Gary made. Um, but I'm on first name terms with him now. There's a reason why Chris is saying that, guys, and uh, we, we will reveal all in a moment, I'm sure. Yes, we will. We will. Um, but um, I, I was surprised because uh, Rowett had said and suggested some things in the 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 post Swansea interview, saying that you know he was going to going to change it up, and he seemed to come out and said that he was very close to. Um, I, I expected us to, to make a a change in the wide areas with sort of Burke and or Watmore starting the game and to kind of pin Huddersfield back. Um, that wasn't to be. Um, and, and in fairness, we dominated that first half and could have easily had one or two goals. You know, Vogie and Fleming are two really good opportunities. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I personally think that the lineup wasn't quite what I'd have gone with. But what about you, Joe? What, what did you think of the lineup? And, you know, as you've now had time to sort of reflect on the game, um, how are you feeling about that? Um, I'm in agreement with yourself, really. I mean, 
I, I was crying out for a change, a change of, a change of uh, players uh, before the game. Um, I actually tweeted before the game, say, look, you know, this is an opportunity now to, you know, to perhaps rest some players, bring some players, some not calling them fringe players, or players that are probably not starting games at the moment. Get them on. Get the likes of SA on starting. Get the likes of um, Oliver Burke starting, what more maybe. Um, give these guys an opportunity in some ways to kind of show us what they're capable of doing and make a stake, a, stake, a claim for, for, for a place in the, in the team. I mean, we're playing against a team that are, you know, hovering at the bottom of the table who are low in confidence, let's, let's be honest. Um, we know we're going to get a lot of the ball and we've got, we've got to attack them quite a lot. So why not, especially in the attacking areas, why not change it up, mix it up a little bit, get some fresh legs out there and, you know, lots of essay and, 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 and you know, people mentioned that previously, give them the opportunity to show what they can do, let them shine, you know. Um, but it wasn't to be, was it, uh, uh, sadly? And um, I think for all the the efforts, uh, and you're right, for all the great attacking play in the first half, um, we didn't really come away much uh, at half-time. We had to kind of go against the second half, but with a different type of um, feeling there, I suppose. I think we kind of ran out of ideas. And yeah. uh, again, it's, it's, just, it's just something that's become quite a regular habit. I think you alluded to it on your last chat with Chaps, that we seem to have this problem where we struggle, especially at home, against a team that want to defend. Um, you mentioned you know, the likes of Hull, um, QPR, Reading, uh, Huddersfield. Um, what, why is that? What's, what's the reason? Why do you feel we, we, we can't sort of break them down? Yeah, I, I think we have one way of playing, mm. uh, which is when you're an underdog in a division like we are, and you're playing teams that have better players, let's be honest, that way of playing works majority of the time. And that is be defensively sound. Uh, and we talked about this before, you know, sometimes it's not the, the greatest on the eye, but it's effective for us. And I hang my hat on, literally, the fact that if we didn't play that way, we wouldn't be in the league position that we are because it is effective largely. However... When you play teams that give us the ball and expect us to be, you know, we're not the underdog and we're kind of expected to beat them uh, and they sit back and, that you know, they, they give us possession of the football, we struggle to break them down. And I think we need to find alternative ways to do that. And one of the things I didn't mention, Joe, and I love your opinion because I know you're a fan of this lad. One of the things I didn't mention in my chat with Japs that I've sort of reflected on is... Warnock is a great tactician. He knows the game like the back of his hand. And, and you know, one of the reasons they won the game was purely because of him and the way he set up. Would the game against Huddersfield have been a perfect opportunity to throw him a curveball and to start Romain Essay? 100%. 100%. Like I said, you know, I, I was really kind of pushy for that. And I, I would love to have seen him start. Um, people say, yes, he's, he's an impact player. He's too young. You know, get him, get him off the bench. But the trouble is, he's getting five or ten minutes sometimes in a, in a game, and in those five or ten minutes, he often creates something. You know, he'll, he'll okay, he's not he's not the finished article, and he's still young. And I'm so pleased the Mill fans not getting on his back for you know putting a missed cross in or, or, or messing up because you've got to give this kid the confidence to kind of express himself. And it's amazing what he does in ten or fifteen minutes at the end of the game. Uh, if you give him ninety minutes, we'd give him seventy minutes of a game. Can you imagine what he can do for us? You know? Um, So, ask you a question. Yes, I think you should have started him. I think it's a big, big mistake uh, not starting him. 
But then in hindsight, it's, it's a wonderful thing because, you know, had we gone 1-2-0 up a half-time with Voggy's goal and, and Zian Fleming's goal... And let's um, be honest, we should have been, right? We should have yeah, been. We should have been. You know, that would have definitely, 100%, would have brought Huddersfield out uh, and, and they would have come at us a bit more. We could have then attacked them a bit more and it left more more gaps behind the cross exposed. And it'd be a different different game completely, right there, you know? Um, I know... Yeah, they didn't have a many, many chances. I mean, looking at the uh, the stats, I've got them written down here very quickly. Is uh, we had 18 shots, four on target. They had four shots, two on target. We had 72 possession. You know, they had 28% of possession. We had 486 passes. They only had 191. And you made a good point on, on the, uh, the, the your last chat with Chaps, is that Huddersfield mill-walled us. And they, and they did to us what we do to many of the, the, the better teams, you know? Um and one of the things I want to I want to mention, and I guess we'll come to it in a second. We talk about the uh, the second part we want to discuss was our tactics and our style of play, and that was very very evident uh, to us, to you, you and I, Chris, and and you know, several other people that was watching uh, yesterday uh, when we talk about it in, in a moment in in, in the way that they set out, you know, the way that they play, a yeah. lot played out out to the wide areas, balls coming in, you know, and trying to score that way not not often do Mill try to attack through through the middle you know I think when they do they get a little bit lost there they're not quite sure how to create or find those little openings I mean Zian Fleming and Honeyman I thought linked in really well for the goal yeah. against um for the, the chancellor against Huddersfield because yeah. if you remember that it was Zian Fleming who kind of started the run played a one-two with Honeyman goes through brings on his left foot and just couldn't quite wrap his foot around could he to uh to find that bottom corner but we, we can do it but maybe it's something that we're not quite focused on. Maybe the tactics is set out to play it wide, get balls in, and try and score score that way. So maybe I mix it up a bit more, you know. Um, we we need to to find a like I said, 70, 80 percent of the time our style, although not pretty, it works, and that's why I'll always back the gaffer on that. But we do have to have a plan B, um, and. Our plan B was always Matt Smith, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it seems like it's Cooper now for the last five, ten yeah. minutes. But even then, we did that quite late on. So I, I just, I just feel we need another plan B. We are getting better technical players in. You know, Romain Essay, although he's young, is very, very technically gifted. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, Fleming is. Callum Styles, who is unfortunately injured, very, very technical. Yeah. yeah, good technical ability. So we need to start to, and maybe this is you know one for next season. I don't know whatever league we're in, eh? But um, we do need to start to be able to to sort of break some of these teams down because it, it seems to be our Achilles heel when we play mm. horror teams at home. Can I ask you, and I think you, your, your visual is slightly kind of um, sort of obscured because of the, uh, the the dugout where you sit. You sit quite low in the uh, in the West End. I'm moving next um, year. I know you are. I can't be meeting you in block, in block yes, four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dan, Danny McNamara is defending. Um, to to allow that cross in for them to uh, to score from from Darren uh, Darren Ward is it Darren Ward his name is Danny Ward Danny Ward, Danny Ward yeah um, what do you make of that I mean okay I guess every player is entitled to make one mistake I mean to be fair Danny Max been been fantastic this season I think especially defensively um, was it a bit bit you know was it lack of focus was it just a lack of awareness I mean we could even dig deeper. And saying, you know, what was Cresswell doing? Because technically, I think uh, Ward was Cresswell's player. Back at the highlights, yeah, Cresswell's like the spare man. Cooper then comes across to try and stop Ward, which kind of gives him a free a free chance. Had he had a a better 
you know, vision behind him, Mark Ward, perhaps he, he may not have scored. And what's your thoughts on the goal? I'm sure you've seen the, uh, the, the highlights back, haven't you? Honestly? Yeah, I have I have now. I hadn't when I did my post-match, yeah. so I have now. Um, look, I, I am, I'm a huge Danny Mac fan, and I think he's had a great season. And whilst I think at times his attacking play could be improved, I think if it was to improve, he wouldn't be with us. And I think Millwall yeah. fans need to appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the lad Millwall through and through gives his all the time. Um, but ultimately, I'm sure if, if he was listening to this, he will admit he made an error for their goal. And the, the clearance up the line was a poor one. And I, whenever I look at and try and break down a, an opposition goal, I always try to look at the very first mistake because to your point around Cresswell, it's absolutely valid. But that doesn't happen if the first issue doesn't, you know. You're right. So... Yeah, I, th- I think it is an error, but he's he's been brilliant all season and he's he's due one, right? So it wasn't his best game. He did make yeah. a mistake. His crossing wasn't great, but I'm sure he'll dust himself down and, and go again in the next game because that's just what he is. And he's yeah. still early 20s. So, you know, he's he's still got learning to do, right? Um, he is. But, also, I want to ask you your opinion, Chris. Uh, again, you might touch on this on, on a previous chat there, but Oni Burke and Dunk Watmore, what seems to be the problem? I think we, we, we've signed these players and we're hoping these guys will make a difference. Um, and occasionally, not often enough, they, they have added you know, a, a purpose to, to, to our setup and our play. Maybe not consistently and not enough. And certainly not enough to uh, impress Gary Rowe because they're obviously not starting either. Uh, they seem to come off the bench. What do you make of that at the moment? What do you make of the dynamics there? Is there, is there a problem? Is that what we'd be, what we'd be sort of worried about, do you think? Or... Is it a case of no what what doesn't break? What why fix it? Why change it? You know. Yeah, and I, I think there's a there's a few things probably at play here for me is that first of all, I think because of recent success and the results and some of the performances haven't been great, but the results have been happening. Rowett has opted to keep the team as it is, and it's evident he has a lot of trust in Vogue and Honeyman. So I think that's one element. The second element is I don't think he has that trust in Burke, being honest. I think Burke is, I always talk about him in terms of his, his physical attributes are easily a Premier League player, easily. But his end product and his footballing brain is probably League One. So therefore you put those two things together and he's an okay championship player. Um, I also question his heart at times. Um, I don't know him. I, I, I don't know what, you know. But So I think the point I'm trying to make, I don't think Rowett has the same trust in Burke. And then I think with Watmore, I could be wrong, but I don't think Watmore was ever brought in to be a guaranteed starter because of his injury problems. Um, I went to it in a moment. I had the pleasure to talk to him yesterday as part of the, the day we're talking about. And I don't think he was necessarily brought in to be a guaranteed starter every game, but I think he probably would have liked to, a few more minutes than he's had. And I think the, the, the challenge for him is he's, he's been in and out of the team probably because of A, the, the trust and the solidarity that Rowett has, but also he has had a few injury problems since he's joined. And I think it's a combination of, of those things. I think if you read too much into it, you'll find more, but that's my take on it, Joe. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think, and, and I'd love to know your opinion on on Burke because he he can be an exciting player, but at times he flats to deceive. What's, what's your view? Yeah. I think with, with with Burke, it's a frustrating one because when when we signed him, okay, we signed him on loan. I was quite excited about it. 
I know it's kind of a bit of a mixed reaction from from the fan base uh, as to why we sort of signing him in the first place, but I just felt he was needed at the time. He was needed. We needed pace. It's very very evident. I think I think Bury was injured at the time. And Bennett was you know maybe in and out. Um, we needed pace desperately. I kind of felt well. He's tried and tested. We know what he's about. We know what he can do. We know his limitations, but we also know his attributes and how good that is for us. And I was quite pleased with that. But you're right. Seeing him on the pitch, he does seem a little bit half-hearted. Um, he doesn't really kind of go for the 50-50s that often. I wonder if it's a case of him not wanting to get injured. Think, you know what? I'm a lone player. I'm not contracted to this club. If I get injured, I'm kind of screwed a little bit, you know? So you mentioned wonder. Yeah, could it be, again, we don't know enough to, to, to answer this question properly, but could it be a case of him sort of sulking a bit? You know, not getting started on most games. Think, you know what? I'm better than this. I shouldn't be coming on the last 10 minutes. And always come kind of like throwing his toys at the pram by having a bit of a sulk and not really trying too hard, which is the wrong wrong answer because you wanted to kind of prove his worth and why he should be starting. In some ways, you kind of wanted to kind of prove right, wrong. Think, you know what, this is why I should be starting. But who who knows? It could be a mixture of everything, can't it? It could be carrying an injury. It could be just lack of match, match fitness. There's so many things we, we can kind of guess on. But um, very, very hard to say. Joe, just while you're talking about Bert, if the opportunity to sign him permanently for free, yeah. and a, I don't know, a, a squad average wage, I mean, he's he's probably going to be a higher earner between 10 and 15 grand, I would imagine, because I think he's probably on a lot more than that at Bird of Brayman. But mm. if you had the opportunity to sign him and the financials made sense in the summer, yeah. would you? If we could get him on a free and he wasn't like one of our highest paid players, he was like, like I said, an average uh, wage player, I would say most definitely yes. I think that the 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 question really is on Gary Rowett. Can Gary Rowett manage him and get the best out of him? But there's definitely a player in there. There's no way this player's gonna to go to um Red Bull Le- Lightstick with the Colt, yeah, the fifteen million he went for, didn't he, like years ago? And you know, there's no there's there's a talented player there. You know, he's um he's certainly got um got abilities, explosive, he's exactly what we need, but he needs managing, he needs some some kind of way kind of you know, coaching or, or or motivating to try and bring the best out of him, and I don't think we've, we've seen that quite yet. Yet, and maybe these are a regular start in in games. You know, um, Chris, I'm just contrary, we probably want to move on to sort of to, 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 the, to the most exciting bit for you and I, of course. You know, and um, you know, and also for our audience, we can sort something about this. But um, just for you guys who are sort of guessing what we, what we we're trying to sort of keep keep from it for the moment is uh, yesterday, uh, Chris and myself. We attended a Millwall sponsorship day, so this has been uh, in the pipeline for some some time. We've been uh, um, sort of looking forward to this. It's been arranged by the commercial team, and uh, basically, I I was um, sponsoring that Zia Fleming shirt, so I've got opportunity to sit down and behind Joe. So if have luxuries there, which takes pride over the uh, the George Savile shirt, which has now been demoted to the other side of the uh, to the room here. Um, and uh, yourself, Chris, you. I sponsored Duncan Whatmore. So um, we're going to have a, a very, very qu- sort of quick sort of five, say, a 10 minute chat on this one, really. So to talk about the day, really, and how yeah. it went a bit of a review. I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, what was your, your thoughts? We arrived at 10 o'clock in the morning. We kind of going through up into the exec lounge. There's tea and coffee there waiting for us. And then we, we, we kind of go outside and see the, uh, into the football pitch. What happens, Chris, when we're out in the football pitch? What, what was the, uh, what's the surprise? Um, yes, I think, First of all, just to pass a thanks on to the club um, for the day and for those involved in organising it, Edgar and, and Andy, etc. It was a really, really good day. So, first of all, thanks thanks to the club for that. Um, 
But yeah, no, so as you say, turn up, agree with teas and coffees, go out to the exec sort of seating area. Never never felt so popular in my life. The padded seats with the armrests. Um, <laughs> and um, we were privileged to to watch a, a, a training session, um, which um, won't say too much, but I can say the highlight for me was a training game between the under 21s and the first team, which is the first team really just good. about one. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the score was one nil. Do you remember who scored it? The goal when he got from your wall. Um, your your favourite player, wasn't it? <laughs> but both Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they did. He did. And it, what, what was interesting? I don't know about you, you, Chris, but I just thought I know we spoke to Gary right afterwards, and it's just me, you, and him. It was quite nice having that sort of ten minute chat with him, weren't we? And um. What he said to us was, he told the players, especially on twenty ones, not to hold back. He wanted a tough, a tough, grueling game for for the uh, the men's senior team, if you like, and he wanted to kind of give them a hard hard game. Um, what I noticed there, I don't know about you, was possession wise. Okay, they're the on twenty one, but they're fit, they're young, they're quick. But the men's team just controlled them, didn't we? I mean, we must have what eighty five nine percent possession. Oh yeah, they they didn't get the ball, did they? It was only a 10-minute game, wasn't it? But how could we look against them? They, they were literally pegged in their box, weren't they, the under-21s? And bless them, they, they, they tried hard, and they did break a few times. We had a Boateng look really good a couple of times. Yeah. He, he, he broke and looked quite dangerous. You know, could he be one for, for the for the future, potentially, for the men's team? But what was interesting is how controlled and how good we were on the ball, how comfortable we were uh, in knocking knocking that ball ball about. What did you make of the, uh, the kind of setup of all that, how it all went? Yeah, I mean, um, I think you know that the 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 training sort of consisted of without sort of revealing too much, consisted mm-hmm. of a, a warm up um, and then kind of like a a very small sort of mini game between the first team um, yeah, with, with a few rules that we we won't talk about, and then mm-hmm. obviously the uh, the the match, and then they finished with an attacking play, didn't they? Um, yeah. So that that. It was it was really nice, and it was I thought it was interesting again to sort of see the the levels and the intensity in which trainings played at, um, and also full to see how wasn't it? It was it was proper full pelt. There was no whole mat, you know. Yeah. It was, and then and obviously a few particular players great yeah. stood out that um, made well, great like that because those of you know I'm a massive fan of Bob Summer, and. Um, <laughs> And what was really interesting, you, know, you often hear about players before we were in training, may not so great in match days and vice versa and all that. One thing I really picked up are the players that really stood out uh, in the training in the training grounds, and you and I sit next to each other, we kind of joked about this, didn't we, a little bit, was Vongi. I mean... Looked class. In, in the, the Mill versus Mill, the actual men's team, I think there was like a 6 or 7v7 game going on, wasn't there? 7v7 it was. And it's played on half a pitch, and there was basically like a possession drill where you'd make five passes, and then once you made the fifth pass, you could then attack the other team. It was interesting was that uh, Bogey got two assists. I think he scored two goals, and he looked unplayable, didn't he? Like he looked really good. And then again, you look at the middle turn against the under twenty ones, one nil. Bradshaw wasn't there because he was in international duty, but Bogey looked really good, looked really sharp, took his goal really well as well. Match so, right. People don't question, yeah, the the, the the fan base is divided. You know, is Bogey good enough to start for Millwall? Should we not be playing him? You know, I, for one, asked him before, love him, you know. 
And um, and 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 what was quite clear to me to see is that Gary Rowett watches training sessions, you know, three or four times a week, and he sees a player there. He sees his attributes, he sees strengths and his quality. And I think sometimes we question why certain players picked over other players. And maybe it's these training... Um... As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Matches where you see the players, you see what it can do and and their potential and their ability. Would you say that's a big part in in his, not just his his selection, but also his tactics, the way he plays? I mean, you mentioned a good point to me earlier on, Chris, about them playing quite wide, not playing through the middle in a lot of their their, their drills. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I, I think so because I think ultimately, it's and it's the same with any job. When you're looking at your team, you're looking at players that come in every day, work hard, train well. The players that you believe you can trust to carry out your instructions on the pitch, right? That that that's yeah. so. It, football will be no different. Um, and for someone who like Gary Rowett, who appears very level-headed, I have to say, um, I think it does play a part, and I think that's why the likes of Bogey. Um, you you could tell his intensity at training was and it is on pitch. I'm not saying other players weren't. I'm just referencing yeah. referencing that. But no, I, mm. I thought it was it was great. And then Joe, we um after that we we watched we watched the training for an hour and a half. I think it was, and then we went inside when the rest of the fun continued. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a so yeah. So basically, yeah. the the setup with was and and those of you that ever been in, in the exact lounge and watched the game. You know, uh, in the commercial uh, lounge there with the commercial team. I must say, if you haven't done it, I know it's quite expensive. It's about 130, 140 pound a ticket to go and watch a game, but you, you've got to do it once just for the experience. It is really good. Uh, you do get like a, a free course meal, although we didn't get one for the um, uh, for yesterday's one. It was more of a, a, a main meal and, a, and a, a small sort of dessert, I guess, was it at the end. But we all sat around this table. You've got 13 tables there. Each table, you've got maybe between sort of eight. To any sort of 12 people on the table, that includes the players. Now, most tables would have two players yeah. on there, and their sponsors would be on that table. Um, because I have Fleming, and I guess he's quite a you know, sought after player to want to want a sponsor, uh, he was the only player on, on, on my table. And of course, we have all the sponsors there. Uh, on your table, you had Ian Wadlow 
That was it. <laughs> yeah, it was Shane. There's, there's one more, and you had Mason Bennett. Is that right? Mason Bennett? Yeah. Um, I mean, just very, very quickly without sort of revealing too much. I mean, what what are, what are Mason Bennett and uh, Bunker? What more like? I mean, what do they what they, what they sound like? What, what they're talking about to you? They they um. If I'm honest, they were what I expected them to be. So Duncan Watmore seemed like a really nice bloke, like mm. really honest, professional, um, just very sound, very level-headed. Um, one thing he did say, which I think I can reveal, I'm sure I can, because it doesn't impact the club in any way, shape or form. Mm. I asked him, he played under three managers at Borough. He played under Neil Warnock, Chris Wilder and Michael Carrick. And obviously Michael Carrick was the one that let him go kind of thing. Yeah. And I said to him, out of those three, who was the, the best manager you you worked under? And without any hesitation, instantly, he said Michael Carrick. Which wow. I found that mind-blowing when you consider the experience that Warnock and Wilder have got and where they've managed in their career. Versus... And the fact that it was Carrick that let him go as well. Yeah. So that, I thought that was really yeah. interesting. But Duncan Watmore, proper gen, really, really nice guy. I am... Um, I spon- basically I sponsored a phobie for the season and it's yes. the only player that's left us. So yes. um by um he he was um someone that you know I, I I wanted to sort of swap to. So yeah, it was really, really, really cool. And then Mason Bennett, if you've ever seen a video on Millwall T V or whatever they call it, where he's on there. What's he like? He's the same. He's he's really? a top top lad. Uh really down to earth. Um Quite like got good banner, bit of a laugh, um, yeah. quite a funny character. Um, and he really, really enjoys it here. And, um, you know, we were talking about the fact that his contract's up in the summer. And really, uh, that's interesting. It's uncertain for him, right? He's injured at the moment. Um, can't reveal too much there, but I mean, was he quite optimistic in regards to you know the future at Millwall and potentially signing your, your contract stuff? Uh, all, all I say is there one, one to be offered. He he, he said that ha- conversations haven't been had yet, mm. um, which doesn't surprise me. That's why I'm comfortable yeah. sort of revealing that, if you like. Um, mm. But he would love to stay, which, again, doesn't surprise that's, me. That's what you want to hear, don't you? Exactly. That's what you want to hear. And there's there's no doubt in my mind, and it's easy to forget this when he's not in the team, but when he, for me, if he's fit, he starts. Agreed. Agreed. Sorry, he does. I yeah. that, and I'm not just saying that because I, I, I spent time with him yesterday. But, yeah, yeah. they were both really, really, really nice and... As I say, the day was good. It was nice to meet sort of others yeah. of, of the two of them. But but Joe, um, you uh, unfortunately by random by surprise, you were sitting next to Mister Fleming. So you know, I don't know <laughs> well, how that possibly happened. Let me, let me paint a picture first of all. Okay, right. So I get to the table quite late after we watch the training the training pitch. I come up to my table and there's I don't know if it's like nine or ten seats there. Uh, eight of these seats are, or seven eight of these seats are Ray Ray taken. There's a space there, two seats. So it's me and my oldest boy Luke who came with me, and there's a there's a seat next to me with a handbag on there, and a coat. So I was trying to work out where I sit. So I sat in the SCN. Exactly what I thought it was. So I sat on my seat. Luke sat down. I said to the lady next to me, "Is this the uh, Fleming's handbag?" So she sort of laughed. Oh, she no, no, it's mine. I'm just reserving the seat for Zian. So she obviously wanted to sit next to him. So I thought, okay, right. So anyway, many sort of 10, 15 minutes later, the the, the, the lads were, were showering, getting changed, and they all came to go into, into the exec lounge, and they all found their tables, all sat down. So of course, 
Zero Premier comes over, introduced himself. What I say, first of all, for a young man who just turned 24, what a gem. What a lovely guy. So warm, so polite, you know, uh, so professional in, in how, how he came across. But he shook all our hands and he sat down and, you know, we all sort of started speaking to him a little bit. And I said, how, yeah, how are you? And we're chatting. And, um, of course, Tom sat down next to him. I'm talking to him. You know, we, we had a bit of a chit-chat. And I'm sort of looking over at the rest of the table thinking, well, yeah, I should you know, clock for air now. Let the others have a little word. So I sort of sat back in and, and let everyone else sort of talk. But then trouble is, not many of them will say much to him. So I feel, I'm a sort of person, I hate awkward silences. So I'm trying to fill in the spaces a little bit, you know, try and get him engaged. And they weren't really bothering. So I thought, yeah. okay, you know, after Carol talking to him, and then it got to a point where me and him just really fell off for about an hour, an hour and a half, an hour with each other. I was just there, me and him just chatting away. And I'll tell you what, he was such a down-to-earth, lovely, lovely, lovely guy. I mean, again, without ribbing too much, um, one thing I must say hand and heart is he loves Millwall. He, he, he loves the fans. He said, I said to him, my first question to him is, uh, so Zian, you know, tell me, why does he fucking hate West Ham? And he craps up laughing. And he said, you know what? I said, the first time that ever happened, he said, my agent sent me this uh, picture and it was like a banner or something when it says uh, the, the words, the song, you know, Zian Fabian, you know, he comes from Amsterdam, he fucking hates West Ham. He said, I was with my girlfriend, so I looked and I was cracking up laughing. She thought it was hilarious. He said, and then the game after, I started hearing when I took a throw in, they started singing it. And of course, he then started remembering the banner. He said, you know what? I love it. And his girlfriend loves it. And he said, it's a brilliant, brilliant song, he said. So he, he's all for it. He thinks it's hilarious, you know. Um, but he's, he loves the fans. He said to me, you know, there was so many clubs in for him when he, when he joined, before he joined Millwall. And it was us and one other team, which I think if you know, you know who his other team was. It was very close to signing him. But he said one of the things that drew him to, to Millwall was two things. One, Gary Rowett. Yeah, he really liked his honesty. Yeah, he was very direct, very, um, very kind of, uh, kind of what you see is what you get, you know, and, and, and very open, very honest with him, which he really, she really, really likes. And secondly, he said, although in Holland, they don't get much championship football shown over there. A lot is all premiership football. But what you heard about Millwall, which he really enjoyed, was the uh, the fan base you know he knows about about Millwall the fan base how passionate we are and he said that was another reason why it sort of drew him to Millwall because he loves that sort of thing you know so yeah when you see him going up to the fans and doing his pose and you know after he scores a goal and everything else and, and re you know welcome he, he loves all that so all I say to you Millwall fans this thing you know if you keep doing it because he, he loves us and I know we, we love him as well and um, all I say is we're very lucky to have him um, he's he's a lovely, lovely lad, and uh, he wants what's best for Millwall. He wants to play in the Premiership, he said, but he wants to play with Millwall, and he made it very, very clear. You know, he wants to play in the Premiership with Millwall, and he'll do everything he can to try and get us up there. I was obviously congratulating him on his season, saying how well he's played, scored 13 goals, blah, blah, blah. And the only thing he said to me was, he said, yeah, 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 but I can do more. I was like, what do you mean? I said, you scored like 13 goals, you know. Because yeah, yeah, but... Right, by the way. Yeah, he said, I can still do more. He said, I can still do better. I can still do more. I want to do more for the club. I want to score more goals. I want to do more things. I thought, you know what? Brilliant. Yeah, if someone's not just sort of resting his laurels and thinking, you know what? I've done my bit. I'll show what I can do. He um, no, he was really, um, really up for it. And he wants to go up. He said to me, said to me he's very confident. And, all, and I'm sure the whole team are. But he wants to beat West Brom. You know, he made that quite clear. Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to beat them. That's we might say it to him and all, didn't we? We were like, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
You, you was interested, what we want to find me very, very quickly, and I know we kind of pushed for time here, but um, about the man marking situation. So mm. you mentioned on, on, on the uh, game against uh, Huddersfield where they put a man marker on him. And what was interesting is he said it's the first time it's ever happened to him in his career, you know, and he was a little bit surprised it did happen. It was kind of, you know, new to him. And he mentioned that the battle we had with, um, is it Edmunds Green, I think his name is, the young lad that was uh, Got it. Yep. Mar- marking him. I mean, what was your, your, your thoughts on that? Because he, he, he sort of took it quite positively. But I think for for us, I think you and I are talking about this to him. In some ways, it's a credit to him and what yeah. he's doing and his profile. I mean, the fact that these these teams are looking at the danger man and trying to um, yeah pinpoint him as as, 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 a, as a player they want to try and stop. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think um, I remember we used to do it. So yeah. Jimmy Abdu, um, whenever we played Norwich... He would not leave Wes Houlihan's side. You, we, and you told you told Zian this, and he and he told us Jimmy who. You need to know. You know you know about London, don't worry. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that was my. I was like, they're entitled to do it, right? And and it is a compliment to him. I think mm. you know um, that we just need to work out if that's going to happen again. And how you, how you manage it? Yeah. How you how you combat it and how you manage it and. Um, that's all, that's the way you know, and I, and I'm sure I'm sure they they will have a plan for the next time in terms of what they do, and yeah. and this is why like having the likes of someone like Styles out there or whatever, you, you have other technical players that if if someone does mark him out of the game, you've got other players that can find these pockets of space and play through the lines. When that's it's right. just him, mm. it makes it a bit more difficult. Um, yeah, yeah, no, just to, just to sort of build on what one other thing I'd say is I you know you. you called me over and thanks for that to have a chat with Zian and I'd echo everything you said and um, I would just say the, the overarching feeling I got from him is that he's a winner Yeah, and let's just hope that's with us and yeah. uh, I have no doubt in my mind now knowing a bit more about the person behind the quality of player he is mm. that he will play in the Premier League Oh, unless uh, he, he will yeah. 100% end up playing at the top level yeah and what was interesting, while we're touching on, on Zian, uh, this pre- per- brings us perfectly onto Gary Rowett, because after that, um, well, actually, before I met Gary, I had a photograph with Boggy, didn't I, before we're uh, before and over. Only but, nerd, uh, mate. Only nerd. Well, he was just sitting behind me. What could I do? I felt a bit bad for him, you know? So um, we had then a chat with Gary Rowett. And again, that was lovely, because it was just me, you, and Gary talking about, what, 10 minutes? And yeah, um, what bloke. Seriously. Well, well, oh, I see what. I mean, people give him, you know, a bit, of, a bit of shit. They call him, you know, boring Gary Rowett. But I tell you what, he, he does get us. You know, I can see why the players respond well to him, you know, and where we are, where we are at the moment, you know. But one thing he mentioned, he was very, very complimentary of Zian Fleming as a person. Um, he's very complimentary of Volkshammer as well. Uh, going back to Fleming, he said very, very quickly, he was talking about how great uh, Fleming was in taking instructions and how you can see him being a future captain one day is because he gave examples of, you know, I'll give uh, instructions out to the team and I'll tell Ziavre what I want to do and he'll deliver it to the team. Like, he'd be perfect. To the point that if there's other teammates that are forgetting what Rowett said, you often see Fleming on the pitch pulling them up and shouting to them, pointing to them where they should be or what they should be doing. And he said for him, that's a perfect captain to have his voice mm-hmm. on the pitch. Yeah. But he also mentioned the professionalism of Oksama and Zia Fleming, because these guys, you know, coming over from 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 Europe, playing in, in the English league, and what they bring um, to 
not just the younger lads, but but all, all the all the, the the British players who like in in the way that they eat, their 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 um their habits, um yeah, in the evenings what they get up to, you know, you mentioned about they're, they're not really sort of partying too hard, you know, they they're very focused uh, on 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 their careers and what they're doing in football, and you know, he said what a credit they are, what a joy they are to um to manage, and he mentioned about you know. That the, the want and the desire to bring in more foreign players over the coming seasons, you know, which I thought was lovely to kind of hear him sort of speak so kind of openly about that, and and again, very sort of complimentary of those boys in particular. Um, I mean, what, what's your thoughts in in very quickly in, in the Gary Wright sort of conversation? What do you kind of take from that from that sort of conversation? Yeah, much what you said, mate. I just felt that he was really, really level headed, really down to earth. Um, really honest he said thing obviously you're not gonna you know to just respect no, him giving us the trust but he said certain things that I, I wouldn't have expected him to you know not not major things but you know he, he um was really open he answered any question we had for him yeah he um he was just really well grounded i i, I really wanted to to be honest i have to say and um, i think i i thought it before and i've said this on my post match and uh mm. We may have different views, but I think we're very lucky to have him. And and actually, oh, me, right. yesterday, and having a chat with him, um, and actually him taking the time to mm. talk to us, and he wasn't like it wasn't one of them where he was chatting to us, and you could tell he just wanted to get away. No, no, no. no. Like that. He was there right. having a good chat. I think he was asking us questions. I, I don't know. It was um, mm. a really enjoyable part of the day. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I think it wrapped the day up nicely, didn't it? And after that, yeah. we um, collected our shirts. Famous uh, <laughs> one yes. behind. And and you got yours up yet? You got one more shirt up yet? No, it's like it. um, I need to. I need to find some some room in the uh, the Millwall bar. Uh, <laughs> in the Millwall bar man cave. Yeah, I will do. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's so, good. Great day, right? A great day. Excellent day. Excellent day. Now, I know we're running out of time in a little bit. There's a couple of things we want to cover off, so I'm sure we're going to it in more depth uh, for the uh, the West Brom game. But very, very quickly, what's your thoughts on West Brom, the game? We all know it's going to be a tough one, but how do you see that one panning out? Um, So, look, they're, they're going to be right up for it because they beat us and then it becomes in their hands to get into the top six and it comes out of our hands. So... They're going to be bang up for it. Um, their home form is largely pretty good. You've got the Jed factor in terms of he'll be well up for it, um, given what happened last time. Uh, so I don't know if any of our players will be back that have been injured. So I don't know what squad we're going up there with. Listen, I would bite your hand off for a draw. And I don't care if it's the most. They could have 90% possession and have 30 shots and we have none. As long as that scoreline is... A draw after yeah. it, I honestly, couldn't give a toss. So there's not, there's not many nil nil draws I would celebrate, but yeah, nil nil. Jed not scoring, we'll get an assist. I'm yeah. happy with that. <laughs> I don't think that's out of. I, I'm gonna go with my heart and say I think it'll be one all if I do a match okay. prediction. But yeah, that's. I, I am nervous for it, um, and unfortunately, I can't go because it's my birthday weekend and the um, the missus is playing something. So um, shit. Oh. Very sure the people surprise you and uh, get, get tickets for the uh, <laughs> for the, the West Brom game. You probably got a nice home like stay there somewhere. Who knows? If not, only, home, we? only we can. Yeah. But what about you? How are your thoughts going into it? And um, 
if you had to give me a score prediction. Yeah, a bit like you, really. I'm, I'm quite nervous. I mean, I've got, I've managed to get tickets for it, so I'm going with my, my eldest son. And we're going to go. Um, but I'm, I'm nervous. I think, for me, I'll be happy with a draw. I mean, if we could get a win out there, it'd be absolutely amazing to sort of do a double over them. Um, but uh, I'll be happy with a draw. Like I said, they've got a good home record. Jed Wallace, you know he's got that extra bit of push about him, isn't he? Unfortunately, loving one over him, you know, he would he would want to get one over us. And that, let's be honest, especially after what happened last time at the Den. So um, we've got to be very, very careful with him. And I'm sure, you know, Rowett and the players will all be very, very sort of, you know, conscious of that. And I'm sure um, they'll do what they can to try and stop him. But yeah, they've got a good team, West Brom. Not just Jed Wallace, because other players there that can be very, very effective. My prediction is... Yeah, my prediction is I think we're going to be like something. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Um, I think it'd be tough. If we get a 1-1, I'd be very, very happy with that. And uh, that just keeps us in a good position, doesn't it? And uh, makes the next seven games yeah, a little bit more enjoyable uh, going forward. So um, we'll see. We'll see how we get on. Um, just to end off very quickly, uh, chaps, did you watch the England game last night? Uh, no, mate, I didn't. I can't I can't lie. I don't want to sit here and say I did if I didn't. Um but um, but I have watched the highlights back um, and read a lot about it, and it and it sounds like um, a really good performance. Um, not one out there since '61. Uh, so um, Harry Kane, all-time leading goal scorer, obviously. Boy. <clears throat> obviously, um, but no, nothing that you know. Um, the last two major tournaments. I think we played well in. I think we can say that, and we we probably deserve to to finish mm. off better than we have done. So let's just hope this this current group, with you know, a bit more experience in in Bellingham and players like that that, that can really push on and and hopefully, mm. yeah. I see no reason why we can't be you know at least looking at a semi final final place for this for this Euro. What about yourself, mate? What did you did you watch it? And- I, I watched the game. Yeah, I did. I must say. It was the first half was brilliant. I mean, we looked so so good against Italy. Um, Italy looked very average. To be honest with you, we controlled the ball and and the style very very well. Second half they came at us a bit more. I think we struggled a bit. I don't know what happened. Um, we seemed to sort of switch off a little bit, and we were very kind of laxy-daisy and quite slow. Um, especially defensively, we didn't look as strong as we did in the first half. Um, not quite sure what happened there, but we we, we rode it out. Um, obviously disappointing referee, you know, puts quite a few of our players, gives a bit of a hard time and of course Luke Shaw said or something a bit tricky for the last ten minutes. But I think again we did well to see him out against, you know, it's the other home ground. We did very, very well. Is it? Regardless no, of what no, level no. they put out, it's never gonna be easy. Absolutely, exactly. And also while on the subject very, very quickly with England, great shout out to Romain Essay um for playing yeah. for uh England under eighteens. Um he started, didn't he, against Croatia. They won they won two one. You managed to catch any of that? Well, I didn't. I did. I read. I read a little bit of an article on it. He seems to sort of play quite well. He then gets substituted by, is it uh, Jude Benningham's younger brother? Oh, Joe. 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 Yeah. Joe. yeah. So he got substituted. He actually scores the winner, doesn't he? He's uh, Benningham. So, um, but no, I heard it played really well. And and what was really good to see is um, out starting life, nine of the players all play the Premiership or play the Premiership clubs. And it's only SA and one other player that plays in the, in the championship. So, isn't it? Again, is credit to SA to be uh, in the mix for that. And uh, I've got real big hopes for this boy next season. I mean, Gary Rad mentioned it as well that he wants to play a big part uh, next season for uh, for Millwall. So let's hope that he does get 
you know, more more starts, more opportunities to sort of play for us, and hopefully, could be a very good asset for us um, going forward. Is there anything you want to add before we kind of wrap up? Anything you want to mention? No, I don't think so, mate. I just um, all I would say is um, to to the audience, if there's anything that you you know you want us to cover in these specific uh, takeover things we're going to be doing, let us know. Um, we're always yeah, open. Yeah to uh to amending it for for what you guys want and obviously appreciate you listening to us have a good old ramble for the last 46 minutes so no, no nothing else joe um and hope everyone has a, a good weekend and i'm sure we're just all desperate now to get to the first of april absolutely thanks as well on that note i think we could uh leave it there uh like i say everyone just enjoy enjoy your weekends um and uh, yeah we'll be back hopefully before the uh the westbourne game to uh, discuss that in a bit more detail so uh I'll leave that to you just to sign us off then, Chris. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, as always, Joe. Another good episode. And enjoy, uh, thanks, enjoy your weekend, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.